0: warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Listen, when when it's messy, it's a problem for everyone in the room. Correct. All ten of them. I'm proud to declare the Adam Saint Show and his ass open to the wind hats open to the wind this is
1: fuckery <laughs> this is all fuckery, fuckery 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 powered
0: by dnr studios and now give a warm round of applause
2: to my friend and yours adam say
0: <laughs> bitch i'm a cow bitch i'm a cow i'm not a cat i don't say meow We're going to be hearing that song a lot today. Uh, Welcome to the Adam Sank Show, bitches. We're back live. If you're listening live at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, October fifteenth, 2022, at dnrstudios.com or the DNRcast app, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Call and speak to us live on the ass hotline. We are live, so call us. It'd be nice to have a call for once. The number is 804 Talk Ass. Like the Facebook page, get your ass merchandise at adamsank.com. Get vaccinated and boosted. I just got that new booster that is specially designed to fight the Omicron variant, and you should too. Uh, and as always, we stand with Ukraine. Our guest today is comedian Kevin Gauthier, host of the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast, hence all of the cow motifs. And, uh... Actually, Kevin just walked in. We're not going to talk to him yet. We're going to pretend like he's not here. But can I just say, he's a hottie. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, but
1: uh, I'd like to agree with this. Like, I, I just had a close cat with him in the bathroom. I was like, if he would just rolled up on me a little closer, I would have blown him. But like, I have a show oh, wow. to do. Wow, we're already yeah, going yeah. there. Oh, this wow. is
0: Welcome to being on a gay podcast. Um, also with us today is uh, my co-host, everyone's favorite chubby chorizo, Steve Chisaro. Welcome, Steve. My name
2: is from I'm here to do the perfect dance baby.
0: Steve is still rapping like the old Republican lady from Florida. That was hilarious, by the way. I was re-listening to that, and because uh, then you kept doing it throughout the episode. You were like, I hate you. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's nice to be here. Hello, Steve. Uh, Steve, we got a listener email uh, that threw a little bit of shade at you, <gasps> which uh, we'll be getting to in just a moment. But uh, first, that voice that you heard uh, talking about Kevin Goatee in the bathroom is J.B. Bursi, <laughs> the queen of fuckery, our producer. Welcome, J.B. Hello, JB claims that all of our audio problems <laughs> will be magically solved from now on.
1: Honestly, I think we're peaking a little hot right now, but listen, I think we're good.
0: Listen, if we're hitting the red, take us down. I don't yeah, want people to I, complain that it's too loud now. Totally
1: working on it. But listen, please keep talking so I keep working on in it. In America,
0: uh, people will always complain. Bitch, I'm a cow. <laughs> all right, we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, first thing we need to talk about, for those of you who don't already know, we lost the podcast awards.
2: What? <sighs> <laughs>
0: yes, the comedy award was won by a podcast called And That's Why We Drink. Fuckers. Now, I was, <laughs> I was curious as to what could have beaten The Adam Sank Show. And first of all, I discovered that And That's Why We Drink is a true crime podcast. It is not in any way a comedy podcast. And then I thought, well, maybe they do it in a funny way. So I tuned in for about 20 <clears> minutes And no offense to these two ladies, they seem very sweet. They're not even a little bit funny. They're not trying to be funny. They talk about the cocktails they're drinking and then they talk about true crime. And P.S., there is a true crime category that they could have entered, but for some reason they entered the comedy category and won. Um, So as always, we spent – a lot of time and energy putting together our video acceptance speech that they would have played had we won. It was ten times more creative than anyone else's. And uh, you can watch it online, but I thought we might as well play the audio since Halloween is coming and it's kind of horror-themed. So hit it. can't believe I let you talk me into going camping. What are you talking about? Look at the fresh air, the trees, the grass.
2: What the hell are you wearing? Oh shut up, it's fabulous. <laughs> you look like the bus and truck tour of
0: Lion King. Wait, shh. Did you hear that? <gasps> I knew something like this was gonna happen. We're gonna die in the woods!
3: Ah! Calm down, sis. Please don't kill us. I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just here to tell you that you won the podcast award for comedy.
1: Oh
0: Oh my God. This is so so unexpected. We have so many people to thank. Uh, Oh my God. The listeners, uh, Derek and Romaine, DNR Studios. And JB too. JB, our producer. Wait. Wait, what are you doing with that knife? (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: That's so good, you guys. Listen. It sent me
0: See? all the way. It's just, like, disappointing because, I, I mean, I'm not saying we're the funniest podcast in the world, but we're funnier than and that's why we drink.
1: <laughs> also, these true crime podcasts Shade. All, all should stop. All, all well, should stop. Wait, hold on. Let me finish. All should stop because I feel like it's traumatic. <laughs> it's traumatic for the family to relive this experience over and over again. And it's not like these people are solving it. They're just mm. talking about it.
0: Except, JB, sometimes they are solving it, and they're actually, uh, because of the podcast, innocent people are being freed from prison, as Mm. in serial. Mm -hmm. And the case of that guy who was in prison since 2014 for a murder he didn't commit, and if it weren't for that podcast, he would have never been freed. So I think they can do good, but I agree. When they're just exploiting grisly crimes... Particularly recent grizzly crimes where the, the survivors are still around. Yes. That, that seems pretty sick to me.
1: I feel like particularly this podcast in particular is doing that. Like, they're, Who are they saving? Who are they releasing from jail? They're just drinking, talking about traumatic shit.
0: The only thing that gets murdered on this show is Steve's pussy. <laughs> <sighs> oh, hey Come thank on, pussy so pallbearers. Um, all right, let's we talk. We do have a guest in studio. I know, and he's already <laughs> so appalled he's going to leave. So let's get to reviews because we have two new reviews. Uh, and so I'm very excited. The first one is from Seersucker. <laughs> the headline is, a lot of fun and also informative. The three of them have great chemistry, and Adam is funny and articulate. Great show. Thank you, Seersucker. We also got a new review from, uh, hold on, Studman1000, which kind of sounds like a sex toy. <laughs> it does. Studman1000's headline is, a new discovery. Really enjoying binging podcasts of, oh, sorry. Really really enjoying binging episodes of this. Mm. And that's it. Short but sweet. Mm -hmm. So thank you to Studman1000 and Seersucker. Uh, If you haven't left a review and you're listening to this right now, please leave us one. We also got a listener DM from Derek. Not Derek Hartley. Another Derek. One of my favorite listeners. (laughs) And Steve, get ready for some shade. Okay. He wrote, So my nine-hour drive is like my ass binging time. I'm starting to warm up to your co-host that isn't Ryan.
2: (laughs) You didn't send me this screenshot. You wanted my real reaction, didn't you? (laughs) Listen here, nine-hour ass listener. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> your co-host, that isn't Ryan. He doesn't even name you. P.S. Steve is there, too. <laughs> uh, Steve is also there. Uh, then he says, I'm going to leave you a pretty substantial review using my work Apple ID. Is that allowed? I mean, it's yeah. certainly allowed as far as I'm concerned. I I think your work might have an issue with it. But uh, I say yes. Leave us that review, Derek. And thank you. Uh, and I'm glad you're warming up to not Ryan. <laughs> And then finally, this one I found very moving. This was a DM on Instagram. The name is being withheld. He writes, hi, Adam. I just want to thank you for your great podcast and the work that you do to make others laugh. Today is the first national coming out day where I am out. We are pretty close to the same age, I think. My birthday is February 11th, 1971. That means he's like, you know, 12 days older than me. Mm -hmm. Um, And while you came out in 1991, it was 2021 for me. I was married to an amazing woman... For nearly 28, 27 years and have three amazing kids. About 18 years ago, I fucked around with some guys because I had to try it, and she found out. We tried to rally the old Christian try, but it didn't work, obviously. Our, our youngest son came out to us in the summer of 2021, and that just ultimately led to my wife and I deciding to end our marriage. It's Way kind of go. sad yeah. for the sun, right? <laughs> but I don't think he's saying those two are yeah. related. Anyway, I just felt compelled to share and thank you. P.S. I think you are fucking sexy as hell. You look really good for 65. Thank you, not Ryan. <laughs> so sweet of you.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, so yeah, that was really moving. A dick, a dick. I asked him if I could read that on the air. He said yes. So thank you, mm. listener. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on coming out. and send um, Please send dick pics of you. And your son. Thank yeah,
1: you. Totally.
2: Didn't we get tick pics? Uh
0: from him? No, that was a no, totally, that was different someone, was totally different person. Okay. That was uh that tr- tr- trucker. Okay. Um anywho, uh let's do recommended T V viewing. Hit it, Gail.
1: I hate this segment. Well, what happened? I hate this segment.
2: Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This shit's Thank you, Gail. Steve, you start. <laughs> sure. So this is not on TV, but this is currently on the Broadway. Oh. It, it is August Wilson's The Piano Lesson, being perfectly and stunningly generally managed by my husband, Lane Marsh. So hi, Lane Marsh.
0: Shout out to Lane. Um,
2: right. You should go see it. It is star-studded. It has uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, John David Washington, Danielle Brooks, and is. Uh, directed by Latanya Richardson-Jackson. So um, how come we haven't got a ticket yet? Yeah, like, thank you. we uh, will get tickets. I went to the <laughs> opening night party on Thursday, and I've never what? seen so many movie stars all in one room. Uh, we did any invited? of them fuck you? Uma Thurman did, but that was just because I uh, <laughs> killed her father. Um, what? Just, have you seen that movie, Kill Bill? Oh yes. Yeah. Come on, come on, kids. All right. Anyway, uh, it's just that uh, it's basically about uh, a piano that's in a house, and they're fighting to sell it or keep it. Um, the brother wants to sell it. The sister wants to uh, keep it because it's family memories. Uh, there are ghosts attached to this piano, and um, yeah, the story revolves around that.
0: So I love a haunted piano. It's a
2: good haunted piano. It's great. It's a little bit of black history. It's a little bit about um, family. And family dynamics, and a little ghost, uh, ghostly uh, appearance.
0: I'm dying to see it, and I look forward to my time. comp ticket. Yes, uh, <laughs> JB recommended viewing.
1: Okay, so this one is on HBO Max. I really enjoyed it. They know I, they know I really could enjoy it. It's called Super Pets with Dwayne the Johnson <laughs> and Kevin Hart. It is hilarious. If you guys just want to sit back and just watch a dumb animated movie about. Pets, yeah, right there. Super pets.
0: I think I do want to watch that.
1: Yeah, it's really good. Like, it's
0: All right. really good. Thank you, JB. I'm going to recommend uh, a two part. It's it's a series, but each episode is one hour, and there's only two of them, so it should have just been a movie. But anyway, it is called Untoned, Excuse me, Untold: The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. This is on Netflix, oh. and this is about Manti Te'o. And what's crazy about this story is. This happened 10 years ago, and at the time, it was the biggest story in pop culture. It went on, it dominated the headlines for weeks, and I had completely forgotten it. I had forgotten every part of it. Um, But then as I was watching it, it all came back to me. Anyway, Manti Teo was uh, one of the top college football players in the country. He was on the shortlist for the Heisman Trophy, uh, uh, the, the NFL Draft. Thing, whatever. I don't. I don't understand football. But he was a big deal in what are college you football. football. What are you to know All right, Kevin. We'll, I, well, correct me if anything I say is wrong. Sure. <laughs> anyway, he uh, he had this backstory that everybody was obsessed with because his grandmother and his girlfriend died on the same day. And he still played the game that day that he was scheduled to play, and everyone was cheering for him. And he was like, I dedicate Mm -hmm. this to my grandmother and my girlfriend. And then all season long, everyone kept asking him about particularly the girlfriend dying because the grandmother was old and that wasn't quite as shocking. But the girlfriend had died in a car accident. Eventually, it turned out there was no girlfriend. He had been catfished before there was even a term for catfishing by someone who really was very uh, diabolical in the way they went about it. At the time, the person identified as male. She now identifies as a trans woman. I'm not giving away any spoiler alerts. You know this in the first minute of the documentary. It is fascinating. And he has aged really well. I didn't think he was so hot at the time. He is beautiful now. What is this called again? It's Untold, The Um, Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, Netflix. Very interesting and well told. All right. We need to talk about Angela Lansbury, who is dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Next story. Wow. Uh,
0: The great Angela Lansbury died (laughs) uh, this past week, just a few days short of her 97th birthday. Mm. And... uh, Before I I want to talk about her work as an uh, HIV-AIDS activist. But before we get into that, a few amazing things about Angela Lansbury's career that I didn't know. Her first movie was in 1944. It was called Mm -hmm. Gaslight. She was only 19, and she was nominated for an Oscar. Her first movie. There are very, very few actors who are nominated their first time out. Then she makes a second movie, The Picture of Dorian Gray, later that year. Then the following year, 1945, she makes um, – I'm sorry. I, I just fucked that up. She, she makes a second movie that I didn't write down. And then in 1945, one year later when she's 20, she makes The Picture of Dorian Gray and gets nominated for another Oscar. So by the time she was 20, she had been nominated for two Oscars. And then her career went on for another 70 years. All told she was nominated for 4 competitive Oscars plus she received an honorary Oscar in 2013. She won 5 Tony Awards. Steve, can you name the shows? Tony Awards?
2: Mm-hmm. Mame?
3: Yes. Uh, I don't know. You're Here wondering. comes a straight guy with one answer I know because I did this on another podcast because they talked about Angela Lansbury. That would be Sweeney Todd. Yes. Oh, uh, right. That's all. I tap out now. Okay, the
0: 1975 <laughs> revival of Gypsy Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Dear World in 1969, Blythe Spirit in 2009. So, those were the five mm-hmm. competitive ones. Plus, she won a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2022. Just this year. Didn't show up, but was serenaded this by the New York City Gaming <laughs> <laughs> Store. How dare you, Kevin? um She was nominated for 18 Primetime Emmy Awards, yep. never won any. Most of those nominations were for Murder, she wrote. She won six Golden Globes. She got one Grammy nomination for Beauty and the Beast, uh, the album. Mm-hmm. So she's she was not an EGOT, but she was an EGOT nominee.
1: Mrs. Potts. Yes. Mm-hmm. How dare
3: you forget the Manchurian Candidate. Oh, my
1: God. Exactly.
0: Uh, Manchurian Candidate was one of her Oscar nominations. Yep. Yes. Um, anywho, and she should have won that year.
3: Mm-hmm. That was a great film.
0: So um, – But anyway, in 1987, Lansbury was among one of the headliners at a huge AIDS fundraiser in Chicago. Um, She once sent out 10,000 Christmas cards. Uh, They they were called Aid for AIDS, um, asking people who had already donated to give more money to the cause. In 96, the Majestic Theater on Broadway hosted a gala tribute night to her to celebrate her career and her fundraising for AMFAR and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Uh, Dr. Matilda Krim was there. Uh, And she said at the time, uh, in more than 10 years, Angela has never said no when asked to help. She gave a 10-minute speech at that event. She said she'd been partly inspired to raise money for AIDS research after the death of Fritz Holt. He was the producer of Gypsy the year that she was in it and um, former lover of the evening's director and producer, Barry Brown. She ended by saying, never give up the fight until the war is won and we will win. By the way, her first husband was gay. Really? That only lasted about a year. I
3: have two points I need to make. <laughs> Kevin to <Gauti, laughs> you say what? N- number one, you guys just skated over the fact that she wrote out 10,000 Christmas cards and asked for more. And then also asked for more money. How about, bitch, murder she wrote? How about 10,000 more checks you should write? How dare you? You've got the money. How two, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. How dare Shade. you speak ill of the dead? Thank yes, you. Rest in peace. Number two, you, and this is something that was, again, presented to me on that same show I just did. I don't know the AP press or whatever it was released release you were reading from. Do you know that her fucking daughter was in Charles Manson's cult what? and they moved her – she moved her out to well, Ireland? okay. Both her That's kids – That's blowing my mind.
0: Both her kids had serious drug problems. They, yes. She did move them all to Ireland. They both recovered. And uh, I, d- I didn't know the Manson connection, but um, if she was a drug addict, she can't really blame people. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just more
3: joke. in shock that her kid was in the goddamn Manson cult. Was shit.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, a story, more yeah. of Kevin Goatee later in sure. the show.
3: Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on with headlines.
0: Uh, the other big story this week, aside from Angela's passing, was Christian Walker turning on his father, Herschel Walker. Oh my God, it's in so a good. shocking Twitter video. For those of you who don't know, Herschel Walker is a former football player who's running for – inexplicably running for Senate uh, in Georgia against the very wonderful and capable Senator Raphael Warnock. And uh, Herschel has this son, Christian, who kind of became famous in his own right, first as a, a high-profile college cheerleader and then as one of these black far-right conservatives – He's constantly going on Twitter and Insta and TikTok and ranting about the left and liberals and he hates gay people. He doesn't want to be called gay even though he is gay. He's, like, yeah, he's just gay. a vile piece of shit. Well, it came out in the news uh, over the past couple of weeks that Herschel Walker allegedly – and by allegedly, I mean it happened yeah. – uh, paid for an abortion from one of the many women that he uh, was having sex with while he was involved with other women – um, and <clears throat> he, of course, denied it. He said at first that he didn't even know who this woman was. She had already produced a check that he had sent for the abortion and a get well card that he sent. Um, but she so had, but her identity has not been revealed. So after Herschel Walker went on Hannity to completely deny, to categorically deny this story, Christian Walker took to Twitter and said this.
3: Values people. He has four kids, four different women. Wasn't in the house raising one of them. He was out having sex with other women. Do you care about family values? I was silent lie after lie after lie. The abortion card drops yesterday. It's literally his handwriting in the card. They say they have receipts, whatever. He gets on Twitter, he lies about it. Okay,
2: I'm
0: done.
3: Done. Everything has been a lie.
1: Shut up, cunt. <laughs>
0: He's got the most annoying voice. I hate him. But I love that he did this. Oh, yeah. So, of course, Herschel Walker now has been asked about, again and again, about why Christian did this. And all he keeps saying is, I love my son. That's his only answer. It's like, well, your son doesn't love you. (laughs) Anyhow, um, this, of course, matters because Herschel Walker has been outspoken in his opposition to abortion, even in cases of rape, incest, and the life and health of the mother. Uh, He he's so grossly unqualified. Christian has also come out and said that his father held a gun to his mother's head and that she got a restraining order against him, which is, you know, he has the receipts for that. Um, And yet the entire Republican establishment is still standing by Herschel Walker. So we will see in a matter of, of days whether or not this has an impact on the election at the moment. Warnock is leading Walker in the polls, but it's still very close because we live in a country full of morons. <laughs> in happier news, um, we've talked before about White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. She's the first black woman to ever hold that post. She's also the first openly gay person to ever hold that post. And this past Tuesday was National Coming Out Day, as you know from our listener Instagram message. Mm-hmm. And Karine Jean-Pierre, when she came out to do her White House briefing, started by talking about her own story. Take a listen.
2: Like so many in the LGBTQ community, coming out wasn't an easy thing to do. My family was traditional and conservative. Being gay in my family wasn't something that you mentioned out loud or celebrated. But my family, like many, many other families, grew to accept who I was. They saw that who I loved didn't change who I was as a person. It didn't change the things I like to do, and it didn't change the goals I had for my life.
0: She's fantastic. Very nice. I like it. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. As I was watching it, I was thinking, God, this is the same job that was previously had by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, all you need... If you need proof that elections have consequences, all you need to know is that Sarah fucking Huckabee Sanders used to be standing up there at that podium spouting lies and hatred, and now you have this elegant woman mm-hmm. who is really she's a trailblazer and and what happens at that podium matters, particularly to LGBTQ children across the country who are watching that. So I was very moved and I'm happy that, you know, she made a point of of saying something. Yeah. It was only a, a minute. But, it, but but those things matter. Meanwhile, hello? Are you okay, Jimmy? <laughs> hello?
1: <laughs> Sorry, I, I took one look at Kevin and I had fun stuck in my throat. Oh, oh my wow. God. <laughs> All right, the sexual harassment of the guest will stop
0: now. That is my job, not yours,
2: Jimmy. has a pretty good track record. I think he tested I'm, somebody. I know.
3: Or was
1: that last night's date cough on the back of the mouth? What? Hey, <laughs> oh. that last night's date cough on the back of the mouth? <laughs> I wish. Oh, Lord. We talked about this earlier. I need some cream in my life. <laughs> you know?
2: Uh. Uh. Oh, God. All
0: right. Uh, serious story, and then we'll get to some fun stuff. Um, right. Cuba has legalized same-sex marriage. Yes, Cuba. Come on, Cuba. In a referendum. <laughs> um, that means when the people vote. They can vote in Cuba? Uh, apparently, they can vote about some things. Um Oh, is this the yeah, it's, it's Love Will 10. Take Us yeah, yeah. There? Hit it, Ann Steele. Let's hear this. Turn it up. Mm, come away with me, away with me. This is our gay pride song. We have, we the referendum was approved by 66.9% to 33.1%. The reform had met unusually strong open resistance from the growing evangelical movement in Cuba despite an extensive government campaign in favor of the measure. So I guess the communist Hmm. government in Cuba actually wants this. and That's probably why it passed. Um, But anyway, the code allows surrogate pregnancies, broader rights for grandparents in regard to grandchildren, protection of the elderly, and measures against gender violence. Okay, here's an answer to your question. Cuban elections, in which no party other than the Communist Party is allowed, routinely produce victory margins of more than 90%. President Miguel Diaz-Canel, who has promoted the law, acknowledged uh, questions about the measure as he voted on Sunday. But the important thing is it passed. And, like, listen, they're communists, but they're right about some things.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That law sounds like
0: it does a lot of good. You know what?
2: Love can take you there.
0: Love can Mm -hmm. take you there. Speaking of which, Scooby-Doo's Velma is officially a lesbian. Yeah. You couldn't tell by the haircut? Ass open to the wind.
2: (laughs) Stick it in. Here I am. Wait.
0: (laughs) Scooby-Doo is the, uh, Trick-or-Treat Scooby-Doo is the latest animated Scooby movie. And it is available for digital download in some markets starting this past week. Fans are already sharing a few scenes that make it clear that Velma is into girls. In one scene, Velma meets a character named Coco and instantly develops a crush on her, noting her positive traits, which are incredible glasses, obviously brilliant, loves animals. These are all things lesbians like. And as she's having this interior monologue, her glasses fog up, which is like the cartoon way of saying that you're, you know, horny for someone. Um, Twitter went wild. Uh, someone tweeted, OMG, lesbian Velma, finally canon, canon in the movies, let's go. Lesbian Velma real, wrote another person. Um, Velma's identity has been the subject of innuendo in the Scooby-verse for decades. James Gunn, who wrote the 2002 live-action Scooby-Doo movie, said that Velma was explicitly gay in the original script, but the studio kept watering it down and becoming, and made it ambiguous. Um, And then ultimately, she had a boyfriend in the sequel. But those of us who are gay have always known that Velma is a big,
3: fat dyke. Yeah. I got news for you for the straight guys. Wait, uh, wait. Why my mic keep going off? Jesus Christ. Let me talk for Christ. I said this for a living. Uh, Guys, from the straight camp, we all knew she was fucking gay back in 1979 with those cartoons. This is no secret. This is like a headline from, again, from... Dwayne from What's Happening has a big afro. Vilma is gay. Like, dirt is brown. Water is wet. What else is new? Like This is not shocking <laughs> by any stretch. Indeed.
0: You. Now they have to do uh, Peppermint Patty and Marcy.
3: Oh, <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: Republicans are going to love cartoons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about bros?
1: Oh, isn't, I yeah, like let's t- talk about bros, and then we'll get into in the guest. movie... Who isn't our friend Alex Oh okay so
0: let me say this about Bros there were four people in that movie who've been on this podcast mm-hmm. so yes Alex <laughs> Ringler's hole can be seen in the orgy scene is
2: it pretty uh
3: yes, yes. it's it? not
0: actually his hole it's like more the top of his ass yeah. but yeah he's naked in the orgy scene uh Julia Scotti mm-hmm.
3: Play, mm-hmm. plays
0: a woman coming out of a movie theater with her husband the by comic? the way uh yes yeah, yeah. by the way all the straight characters are played by openly queer character, <laughs> queer people, mm-hmm. and so are all the gay characters. So there's no straight people in the movie except for Christian Chenoweth and Deborah Messing who play themselves. But Spoiler gay. alert. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Julie Scotti, Rick, Rick Chrome is in one very brief scene with Harvey Firestein where you see him through a window. And who's the fourth one? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Fuck, I didn't write I'm this the down. worst with names. I'll so think of remember it. Remember. But anyway, bros... Open to amazing reviews, overwhelmingly positive reviews, and shitty box office. their opening weekend only had four point eight million dollars. Um then they made about another four million the following weekend. That's well below the uh, budget and far below expectations. You know they really marketed the hell out of this movie. Yeah, I saw it everywhere, every gay magazine blog, you know what uh, b- website um i saw tv commercials for
1: it honestly the they just I couldn't get it,
0: people to turn out
1: sorry the only time i saw commercials for it was when i was in the city um, i never really heard about it while in my house or the youtube advertisements never advertised it to me well there you go was weird
0: i did you see it steve no so i loved it i also recognize it's got problems early in the movie He sits down with a group of friends that he's having dinner with, close friends, and it literally looks like a casting sheet. It's like two black gay guys, one Asian gay guy, one white trans guy, one female trans woman, one straight – no one has a friend group that's this perfectly diverse none of them look like they knew each other or would have spent any time together in real life and he keeps repeating that like he keeps saying throughout the movie like i know i'm a white cisgender gay guy and and you know my opinion doesn't mean as much as these people's he keeps reminding us of that and yet the story is just about two white gay guys who fall in love. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, just no. tell that story and stop apologizing for it and trying to throw all these token characters yeah. at us who are clearly there to, to assuage your guilt and show us how woke you are. It was, it, those are the only parts that took me out of it. That said, it was hilariously funny. I've never identified more with any character in a movie than Billy Eichner's character. He That's is so a funny. white gay Jewish podcast host from New York City (laughs) who has no filter, talks too much, is a horny slut. I mean, it was, it me. Okay.
2: (laughs) Speaking of, you know what I learned? I did learn something from this movie that I did not see. You know what it was? That I'm an old 90-year-old man that does not understand the current vernacular of the children. Yeah, Steve hadn't heard it me. So when I I wrote that on Facebook, he said, you
0: have a typo in your
2: Facebook post. Because Adam Sank, ladies and gentlemen, never has a typo, nor would ever put anything out there. And I was mortified for Adam trying to save him from himself. And he goes, Steve, this is how the children talk these days. I sent him an urban dictionary. He did. Time
3: time to educate another old guy. What does it me mean? Thank you.
0: It's like a a (laughs) cutesy way of saying like, It's me. It's me. That's dumb. Next.
3: Yeah, (laughs) Um, That is lazy. (laughs) Anyway,
0: Eichner (laughs) has said that the problem was that straight people didn't show up for the movie. uh, Variety had a a nice article where they basically listed all the reasons it wasn't a box office success. And I'll just read these quickly. The star power wasn't there. Um, The marketing prioritized the film's importance as the first Mm. big budget gay romantic comedy instead of it just being funny. Um, October is a non-starter for rom-coms. Judd Apatow's bubble may have burst. May have. His last film before this (laughs) didn't do well at all. Um, Again, I think it was promoted heavily. (sighs) I don't know why it didn't do well. It's sad because it means that a lot of other movies now are not going to get made. That's really the problem with it. But, um, I do think it's funny. I recommend it. It's only in theaters right now, so, you know, pay your... $10 10 to $30, depending on where you live, and uh, enjoy it. All right, it's time for our guest segment. And we our, guest, guest, our guest, as you know, has been <laughs> chomping at the bit since before we even got on the air. He is a comedian, actor, and voiceover artist who created the Comics Watching Comics series on Amazon Video. He's also the host of a podcast called Gutting the Sacred Cow, in which he and other comedians rip apart hit movies. I was a guest on a recent episode in which we discussed Chinatown. Take a listen one thing this movie has none of it's joy this is one of the darkest most miserable depressing movies i've ever seen so if if what's his name the tweeter john
3: John trumbull
0: if john trumbull finds joy in chinatown then i'm afraid of john trumbull
3: (laughs) maybe john trumbull maybe john trumbull's rubbing one out to eight millimeter you never know
0: Exactly. He thinks American Psycho is a is a hilarious comedy. Well, look, Jimmy, that's the wrong clip. But please give a warm-ass welcome to Kevin Goatee. <laughs> Come on. Thanks,
1: fellas. How's it going today? It Thank was supposed
0: to me. be about a gangbang.
1: I saw that, and I read the time wrong. That's my All
0: right. right. Well, in any case... That Kev- was still fun. Kevin Goatee. <laughs> so the part I was gonna meant to play yes. was when we were talking... <laughs> I don't even know what I said. Something about ten on ten men and one woman, and you were like, "That's called a gangbang, Adam. That's the way it's supposed to be." And I was like, "Not in my movies." <laughs> anyway, Kevin Goatee, welcome. You're yes. here. Yes, you're you hot.
3: Man. Oh, thank you. You're all too kind of with your compliments. I
0: think we have that sound clip, don't we?
3: Of what? Of the gangbang. Oh, the
0: the female. Do we do.
3: Gangbang or
2: female?
0: Uh,
3: didn't we have her? Yes, straight porn. <laughs>
0: Kevin this should sound familiar to you
3: Very much so this is from
2: 1997 no, I was
0: <laughs>
2: All right Kevin. Panic in her voice. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: meth wore off.
0: Exactly. Kevin, other than being on your podcast, I know next to nothing about you. Sure. Tell us your backstory, where you grew up, what your childhood was like, and when you had your first homosexual experience.
3: <laughs> it was Can I work backwards ago? and sort that way? <laughs> Please. I've never had a homosexual experience.
0: How about being here?
3: Uh, this, this, well listen being in New York City I guess you're honorary gay then by that no? sure sure. Uh, no 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 homosexual experiences sorry guys to this point mm.
0: no uh, one ever made a pass at you
3: no of course they. Ha- I'm, 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 like, I'm a, like hot shit yeah of course people have made passes but I'm like sorry guys It's. Uh,
0: what's been the most grotesque one
3: I mean I've gone on bars in Chelsea with with. with with friends and shit, and had like guys I like, grab my ass, or I'm like, ho 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 ho, let's let's cut that shit out. Of yeah, that's that's assault. That is assault. I was not cool with that. Just you know, wink and nod, and you know, hey. When One Mike C-
0: when Mike Sicoli was on, he said when he was a teenager working at a supermarket, some guy in the parking lot of the supermarket pulled his pants down and showed him his ass.
3: No kidding, like I an adult man. man. Wow. That's- so so so, give us your backstory. I'm more amazed that a ginger got hit on. Just kidding, I love you, Mike Sicoli. <laughs> Usually if you stare in their eyes for more than three seconds, you end up like the guys did in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, my God. Backstory. Uh, I grew up, so mo- I, I, I had the misfortune of being born in Indiana, but my parents had the good common sense to get the fuck out when I was three. So we moved to Central Jersey right outside Princeton. So fellow Jersey guy in New York as well. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Central Jersey for a while. I live in North Jersey now. I, uh, I went to school for film and TV. I graduated. My old man says, time to get a real job. So into corporate America, I went and have been, but, and God damn it, Two thousand ten. I was kicking around the idea of doing stand up because I just said just seeing people going to work and just being part of that corporate America dog shit culture. God damn
0: it. How old were you in two thousand ten?
3: Oh twelve years ago. Thirty two. Is that no, a hard no.
0: question? Can't you just don't you know your birth year? Seventy six. Right. So you're I mean, thirty four, right?
3: Just, I was thirty I work I in finance did, and I can I did do thirty that no, fast. I was thirty two when I started doing stand up. <laughs> So now I'm 45. Okay. So right around then, I'll say 32.
0: So how did you get started? What was your first gig?
3: So let me back up. So then, yeah. So I was kicking the idea around of doing it, and then um, I said, because corporate America life sucks. There's more to life than this. Blah blah blah. Then I saw a little film called Up in the Air, which is a fantastic mm, yeah. film, mm-hmm. and the scene where J. George J. Clooney, bingo, uh, with Jay Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man films, he fires, he gets fired by Clooney, and uh, he's going over to his resume, and he's like, "Well, it says here, you know, first of all, let me back up." He goes, "Yeah." He fires him. He goes, well, what am I going to tell my kids? He's like, well, He looks at his resume and goes, well, shows you're in college. You might have made her just like a French culinary pastry chef guy, whatever. He worked in a restaurant. And the line that shot a bolt of lightning up my ass was, how much did they pay you to give up on your dream? And then uh, J. Jonah Jameson looks at him and goes, $28,000 a year. I go, fuck. That's a, that's a, that was a call to me. So that's when I said, all right, I'm going to write some jokes. See how this goes. Wrote a bunch of jokes out. Uh, recorded them on CD and played them in my car nonstop, so I memorized my wow. shit for two or three months. I went my first open mic, March 12, 2010 at the Village Lantern.
0: Oh, I love the Village Lantern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was uh Colin Kane's old stomping ground. Did you ever do his shows there? I did
3: not do Colin Kane shows, but I know him. No, of them. I mean, I don't if we worked together, maybe we have. I think we have. But yeah, I haven't seen him in forever. Yeah, um, so the mic, the first mic was there and um you know, 12 ish years You We got plus. the bug. Yeah, it's kind of died down now with the podcast. I'm doing way more work with the podcast than in stand up. Bob.
0: What was the genesis of the podcast? Gutting the Sacred cow?
3: Yeah, so we invite our guests to pick a film they find overrated or, or hate. That's a misnomer. Uh... There it is. I love the sound effects. I have them too. Uh, we invite the guests to pick a film. We don't shit on the film. The guests pick a film that they find overrated or hate. You chose Chinatown, so that's a fantastic choice. It's critically acclaimed out the wazoo. The guests come on, they pick a film, again, they find overrated or hate, and they try and convince us to see their argument, but here's the twist, the film must meet one of these criteria, widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. So you can't come on and go, well, Friday the 13th Party, that's a real piece of shit. Yeah, we fucking know it is, it's terrible. Right. So we would give, it, we give a... Uh, Hence the sacred cow. Zing, you are a smart man, mm. Adam Sank. So we give a platform to those people with unpopular opinions about popular films. That's... Two taglines and one setting—that's pretty good, right?
0: And I think the genius of it is you. everybody loves talking about movies sure. and debating movies. And there's always movies that like I hate and you love and vice versa. Steve, what's a movie that everyone loves that you hate? Wizard of Oz.
3: Oh, done. really? So Dun- stupid. Done what's in the podcast. Wrong with you? <laughs> done in the podcast. Yeah. So what dumb. kind
2: of homosexual are you? A really good taste. <laughs> I mean, homosexual is really good. do tip. you think this is a
0: cultural thing because you were Probably. born in mexico
2: I didn't see it and I think I saw it two years ago for the first time, and I'm like this wow. is we, oh, I not born here I was born you in Mexico have to so see so it as a child like I, and think. I was like this is stupid. What do you it's think so of Wizard of Oz Kevin
3: We did on the podcast well, stoner jesus came on he's a he's a kind of quasi regular uh I'm fine with it there's a, there are a lot of problems with it i mean some shit just doesn't hold up, but again, when it was nineteen
0: thirty nine yeah thirty eight or, or right around there yeah. right.
3: I mean, it's still beautifully shot. I mean, shit, that's almost, you know, 90 years later. It's still good. I mean, there are problems, a lot of problems, especially we call it that doesn't happen where they try and pass off like a common occurrence mm. in a film as something that's regular. But in real life, again, like a like, false premise, right? Like in the Matrix, like, again, if you set up the confines properly, I'll buy Neo being able to dodge bullets yeah. and all those other shit, lightsabers and Star Wars fight and all that stuff. What I won't tolerate, though, is bullshit like in Star Wars Episode Nine. The fuck, the fucking horses are running outside on a ship during in space. <laughs> fuck you. The Wizard of Oz, they they're in a goddamn tornado, and there's every nothing is moving in the room they're in while the tornado is spitting the house. I'm like, no, stop it. But
0: for its time, the technology was amazing. Fantastic, fantastic. fantastic. The Technicolor and the special effects, and I right. mean. They still hold up pretty well, pretty well after all these years and there's some terrific cam- The thing about the movie is it's campy. That's why gay people love it so much. There's some really Because of Judy Garland, campy- she's like your national hero. She's the queen of camp. I mean, gotcha. yes, and she was also stunningly talented and had that incredible voice and has the tragic backstory, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a film that like every character in that movie could be played by a drag queen. <laughs> Except for Especially the wizards. Yeah. Except for the wizard, <laughs> the, who the would the be problem, like a drag king. The yeah. biggest
3: problem I have with it is that they throw water on the witch and she dies. There's nothing explaining that if you get water on this witch, she dies. <laughs> the, fu- the gremlins, they come right up with three rules. Don't get them wet, don't feed them after midnight, and don't put them in sunlight. Fine. Great. By all means. Well, I think
0: the book explained it. They just left that they out.
3: That's a big fucking She's, leave out. Her
0: soul is so... In- I've heard her soul is so unclean; pure water could melt her. That's from Wicked, so I think that's from the book. Uh, Okay. Um, What is the most heated argument you've ever had on the podcast? Which movie got tempers flaring the most?
3: I I love when uh, Don Jameson does a great job of picking films that'll just go, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" His first (laughs) film he chose he hated, Die Hard. His second, The Matrix. So he
0: hated both of them. He hated really? them.
3: Now, the two films, I, we call it our bulletproof list, films that we think that will never be touched. A lot of those films, surprisingly, have been put on that list and done. The Dark Knight, shocker. Mm. A lot of Indiana Jones films have also been on there. Mm-hmm. But the two that still just shocked the shit out of me, the person had the absolute balls to do it, and two of our you know, favorite longtime guests. One guy, Delvin Cox, decided to try and take down Jaws. Oh. No fucking chance.
0: Yeah. yeah, Jaws is a pretty great movie. Step
3: 10. That is a flawless film. And our buddy David, the producer, has done a lot of films, has done, uh, he decided to come on and do Back to the Future.
0: Oh. Fuck him. Back to the Future is so it's charming. It's great. Particularly at, at, of its time. I mean, it was it's really. It's still charming as fuck. Um, has anyone ever tried to take down The Godfather?
3: Part two was, try to but not part 1. That's one of the ones that are on the bulletproof list. As right. is Goodfellas another one and Shawshank. They're
0: pretty great. Yeah. Um you're known as a comedian, uh, particularly Kevin Israel told us this when he was here. You're known as a comedian who's like not afraid to go there. Okay. In other words, most of us are afraid to say certain things or, or, or talk about certain material on stage nowadays because we don't want to be canceled. You seem to be less afraid. Is that fair to say?
3: I don't know if that is. I mean, I say things. I just like to – I should on everything. So it's not like I'm targeting certain things and just dump on everything. I don't know. I don't know if that's really fair by, by saying I go without boundaries. There are th- There are some things like, well – Can't say that, won't say that, because it's just bad shit, but I don't know if that's really... You're not
0: Aaron Berg. No,
3: I am not. Who we've had on the show. Aaron's a riot.
0: (laughs) I think so, too. But when I brought him to my hometown for a fundraiser, uh, people hated him. Yeah. Like, people were mad at me for even bringing him there. Some people loved him. The younger people loved him. But that, that sort of era of shock comedy... I feel like is over now, and even people like Sarah Silverman, who became famous for getting on stage and saying horrible things that you knew she didn't actually believe. Right, that's not her act anymore. No. She's completely changed. Do you have a feeling about that? Do you think that's a, that's a bad thing? Do you think that's a necessary thing? L- uh, answer that, and then I'll talk about some other examples. Yeah,
3: sure. No, I think it's a bad thing. Like, you should be able to say whatever you know you want. There were there will be repercussions, I'm sure, but the. F- the unfiltered, that's what. That's where comedy. You know, you're a comic. It's the last place where you can voice opinions, and people can go, "Hey, I can appreciate that different that different look of
0: look." Let's take Dave Chappelle for an example. Okay, Dave Chappelle hasn't lost a penny.
3: No, since, He's made more. Than he's many. made
0: more than ever since making all of his anti-trans specials. Uh, he's still booked everywhere. He still gets, you know, comedy special after comedy special. No one's canceling him. no one's arresting him, no one's finding him. There's no real censorship going on, right? The way that censorship is is honestly defined. Uh, I, I hate Dave Chappelle. I hate what he's become. Right. I used to think he was one of the f- of the funniest comedians of all time, mm-hmm. and now I just think he's an angry asshole. Who's decided to target this very vulnerable community because he has some personal issue with trans women. And I can only guess what that is.
3: Oh, you're saying he's closeted.
0: I'm saying something happened along the way with Dave Chappelle. Either he's got an attraction he's ashamed of or maybe he fell in love with a woman and didn't know she was – I don't know what happened. Right. But again, I think he should be allowed to say anything he wants and he is doesn't mean I have to like it and I don't have to s- stay silent about it. Like I think, I think sometimes the reaction gets attacked more than the actual material itself. Mm-hmm. Like we're not allowed to react to it. Mm. And for me as like a trans ally, I just think like trans women get murdered at a higher rate than any other group on earth. That's a fact. That's like an FBI
3: statistic
0: proportionally speaking. Why? Why attack them? Who are they hurting?
3: I don't know. I mean, my own, and this is my obvious assumption, is that he made a joke about the trans, all right? And then- The trans. uh, (laughs) The trans community. I did it with the kids do now. It me. It me. It me. me. me, That's it. That that was a callback (laughs) that didn't land. Thank you for picking me up, fellas. I appreciate it. You're welcome. He did the joke about the trans community, and it caused an uproar. And he said, oh, Really? Fuck it! I'm gonna double down, triple down, right. quadruple mm-hmm. down, and go. You can't fuck with me because you can't can't I already have all my money. You can't right. touch me. You can't. I have fuck me money, not fuck you money. So you can't get me. I'm, I have my own fortress of to solitude. I can do what I want. I'm gonna double down. I don't give a shit because you can't fucking touch me. That's my two cents. I think that. you may
0: be absolutely right, but what a selfish,
3: yeah, enterprise why, why that is. Why die on that hill?
0: Yeah, and like if that's the case. It's it's just confusing to me and for me like comedy is intended first and foremost to make you laugh but it's also there to like – to use your expression, gut sacred cows, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be speaking truth to power. We're supposed to be taking down assholes who are rich, who are powerful, who do have uh, the power in the society. When you punch down at groups who are already down, A, it's not funny but B, it's also kind of missing the mission – of stand up,
3: I mean again, everyone's opinion is different. It can be funny if you do it right, but it's a very—I fully—it's a hard wire to walk. I sure as fuck, I'm not walking that. I just don't feel the need to walk that wire, right? Do that. So again, it's some people can do it masterfully. Some people can't. A lot of people can, but I don't know. I, I do now think it, it can be done that well.
0: I do think it makes comedians have to work harder now. Sure, right? Like this, this awareness mm-hmm. that we have as a culture, particularly if you're a white guy, you right. have to work harder. When I started. I would get on stage and I would tell stories where I would do really offensive accents. I had a bit about my Chinese roommates at Columbia that I used to do that killed, killed. And if I did it today, I would be arrested.
3: You Should you play a gong after every – uh, <laughs>
0: Basically, it was about that offensive. <laughs> and I, I was telling a personal story that happened to me, but the way I was telling it was not cool. And Hi. List uh, yeah. Derek and Romaine have a lot of listeners in the studio today because yeah. they're planning one of their big Derek well, and Romaine cruises. Well, hi! <laughs> um, but all that means is, first of all, I don't really do stand-up anymore, but if I do, when I do, I have to work a little harder and think like, oh, is this going to be funny to everyone? Right. Or is this only going to be funny to other white people or other c- cisgender people or whatever it is that I am, right. you know? And what makes it tricky is that gay audiences, and I think this is probably also true for straight audiences, they want you to be shocking. They want you to be, like, over the line.
3: Right. I agree.
0: Some of them. So it's just, it's this dance of, like, for me, it comes down to intention, right? And if you can convey your intentions properly, you can say literally anything on stage.
3: Right. Completely agree. Um, all
0: right. Uh, what is, what do you, what would you say is your most controversial joke? And tell it to us now. Please tell it to us. <laughs> without fear.
3: Controvert. I got to think. Again, it's been a bit. It's a minute. I actually have a gig in two weeks with Kevin Israel. We're doing mm. a spot together. Uh, he's oh, uh, headlining. Yeah, I'd v. like Hi. to see that. Hi, hey, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> the Kevin, if you're listening. Oh, wow. There's a, there's a, a lot of manifestation st- going on right here.
2: Straight at your There's A lot of
3: gays that just sit there with a the camera, like, slowly. Zooming <laughs> <against> <laughs> what am I performing? i new <laughs> to <laughs> Please. The one, it's funny, and I did, well, you'll you'll determine. I don't, I had one guy, one person say on Reddit, this was racist, but this is, I don't think it is at all. You tell me, which I doubt it. Uh, I hate when white people brag about running a 5K race in mud. Big deal. In Africa, that's called Wednesday. (laughs) JB. (laughs) What
0: do you think?
2: I love that we all look at JB J- J- like,
3: J- JB just <laughs> – You, lo- you whiplash his we way all, by now. JB just
2: looked down at school. the ground. Yo,
1: uh, as soon as he said it, I felt the eyes look at me and I put my head down. Oh, uh, we got 10 minutes left.
0: <laughs> I th- yeah, I wouldn't tell it. Really? Yeah.
3: Why? What I, makes it so bad?
0: I don't think it's funny enough to be to, – to earn the the sort of
3: shockingness of it.
1: It's more cringe than shock.
3: Yeah. Really? What's, yeah, what's it? Just because it, where it takes place? Because that's.
1: When you said it, I felt cringy. It wasn't
3: like. Well, it was I... set up to be that way because you said some of your most controversial jokes. Yeah, 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 You're yeah. already in that space. Take, take, take the criticism. Yeah, no, no, I'm fine I, I, with that.
1: I, trust me, these two know I love cringe shit. It just. Did, it didn't hit the cringe enough funny, mm-hmm. it was just oh, cringy.
3: That's what I'm saying.
1: It's yeah. in, it's in over. I don't think it's terribly
0: okay. offensive, right? I just think it's like a little cringy and it doesn't have enough of like a wow factor to you know what it I, is? Haven't, I haven't
3: told that one in a while. That's just the one that popped my head first.
0: So
2: I think what it was is is the reaction you get isn't like oh, laugh, it's a oh, look at the black person that's next to <laughs> you, you know, like <laughs> but that's but also it's
3: almost like a it's like a uh, um a whistle kind of thing where it's like now everyone's trained to do that.
2: Oh, to do a little whiplash. Like. To do like the,
3: where is the person who's not – Who's you know, going to be offended. Who could be, exactly. Yeah. To see if they react and then they're going to base their reaction on that depending so that way they could then gauge her, her, but their that's, reaction properly. That's always
0: the challenge in stand-up because right. if you get a bad crowd, doesn't matter what material you're doing. If, if they sure. decide they're not laughing, they're not laughing. And right. if they decide you're the greatest comedian in the world, they're all going to fucking laugh right. because they are like no. sheep – you I've, know,
3: I've always yeah. said the best. I love. There's, no, I love black audiences. They Me let, too. They are the. Best if you I have agree. them on your side, they will fucking ride or die with you, and they let you know when you're in shit too.
0: <laughs> I yeah. agree. I always did
2: but, well.
3: I, I I love that. That's my favorite group of. Uh... But
0: do
2: you have a Mexican joke? Because I really enjoy <laughs> it. <That> I actually <laughs> really do. Like I make fun of myself all the time,
3: so they're they're pretty I Honestly, do not have a Mexican. No.
2: Joke. Oh come on! I was already so Steven
0: The next hour, <laughs> we're going to talk about 27 Halloween costumes you shouldn't wear, and one of them involves a Mexican. So
3: yes! look forward to that. I, I should Sombrero have brought my Sombrero,
2: right? <laughs> And a donkey. I was just in Mexico for two weeks, and I brought back a whole bunch of ponchos, just because I thought, you know, why not? Because it's gonna rain. No, pon- uh, I bought ponchos—the <laughs> the big uh, wood thing. We haven't even or, talked we'll, about the music
0: that I used we'll, to was, promote Steve's favorite it was episodes. So good. I love it.
2: I really do love making fun of myself as a Mexican. What's so the best like, Mexican joke you've heard? Uh, I don't actually have any as a thing. Like I'm. But
3: like, you
1: said you're a fan of them. I thought you'd have them. You know, I do the because ready. they make me
2: laugh, but I'm like,
3: eh.
1: What do you call a school bus full of Mexicans? Monday. A what burrito? <laughs> oh, a wet burrito. Ooh, a burrito. I don't get it. I don't I, either. Listen, this was a childhood joke and it stuck with me because I never understood. That
0: it. goes in the category of cringy, not funny. Exactly,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I laughed. Laugh. I laughed for you. I laughed for you. It's even cringy,
1: you. just so fucking <laughs> awful. It doesn't yeah. even get
3: to the cringy part <laughs> before That's you can formulate <laughs> a full opinion on it. Just...
0: But Sarah Silverman used to have a joke. This is an example of something she would never say nowadays where she, it was like a joke about how Mexicans smelled bad. <gasps> and then she goes, You know, I told that joke and this Mexican woman came up to me after the show and she was crying and she was like, I do not stink. And I was like, oh, sweetie. You can't smell yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was her joke.
3: And that was funny at the time, we thought,
0: but, uh, and you laughed, but uh, that would get her canceled now. All right. Uh, the time and,
3: then remi- Adam, and then Adam did a Mexican hat dance, to really piss her off. Didn't, didn't, didn't. All right. In the
0: time remaining, it's time to play everyone's favorite game Ask Me No Questions.
3: Ask Me No Questions. <laughs> Ask Me No Questions. Yeah.
0: What, <laughs> what's the worst Oscar winner of all time?
3: Oh, my God. Ah oh, the li- the list can go on. The most egregious offensive cho- choice that the that the academy has made is it shunned two of the greatest films of that year and I will even argue all time. That those two choices that were shunned, Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption were shunned for what film? Forrest fucking Gump.
0: Mm, yes, I, that's a bad one, but I, I would do
3: you one more. In 1990, what film won the best uh, picture award?
0: I don't know. Was Dance, it out of Dances oh.
3: with Wolves? What film uh. lost? Goodfellas. Fuck you. Uh. Yeah,
0: those are bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I would also add Shakespeare in Love. Never saw it to but, the list. Shakespeare and in love. and,
3: <laughs> and <laughs> out of Africa. I don't even know if I saw it. Out
0: of okay, Africa. I, I saw I as a child, and it was literally a three-hour nap. Yep. Um, and that beat out some good ones too. Uh, what's a movie that most people hate that you love?
3: Last Action Hero.
0: Oh, do people hate that?
3: Yeah, it it came out. What it came out the same weekend. Oh, I think as Jurassic Park, and it, that's why it bombed.
0: But I think uh, retrospectively, people think highly of it. I no? it
3: gets shit on so often. There are a few people I, I run into that I think, I think it's great. I think it's so funny and tongue-in-cheek. What's your favorite thing about it? Just about, yeah, it's very sarcastic. Tongue in Cheek, it knows what it is. It makes fun of itself and the whole Hollywood uh, action lore and, and all the cliches and shit like that. And, just, and Bing Arnold is the embodiment of action films, especially in the 80s and 90s. The fact that he's in it and does that own kind of poking fun itself, I think it's fun. I have to watch Enjoy. that again. It's good.
0: Um, which movie star least deserves his or her career? Oh, fucking.
3: I'm tired of Seth Rogen and his re- and his rhetoric.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh. rhetoric same.
3: meaning what? It's the same fucking character every time. You, he's in a film. It's the same <laughs> schlubby loserish guy who inexplicably gets to ban in the film gets Katherine Heigl and Charlie Theron suck my dick. That, that does it. not happen.
0: <laughs> I have to say he was fantastic in that Pam and Tommy miniseries. Did you watch that?
3: I saw it and it, oh no, no, not the miniseries. I saw the. I'm thinking of the Dirt. Never mind on Netflix. It's
0: very good. Is Everyone it? in it is great. Uh, the woman who plays Pam Anderson, man, she's phenomenal. Yeah, but they're all good. And he plays, uh, he plays another schlubby character, but it's not played for laughs. He's he's pretty intense. He,
3: he, whenever he's not the lead, he's fine. Like I, forty year old virgin is great. Yes, it's like uh, that's probably the, my favorite, really my only favorite uh, Apatow. Can films. you do his laugh? What's a line
0: from a movie that you quote far too often?
3: Let's not go sucking each other's dicks quite yet.
0: Oh, interesting that you like that, Kevin.
3: Because I love when people take bows for some shit, and then they go, "Let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet."
0: Listen, it's a gay blowjob happening. We even have or just a blowjob. I recorded
3: it. No, a a, a straight blowjob sounds like this. See that's when she when she puts all that wop wop that would that just takes me out of it. It's like I'm not going to fuck a duck. Like that and, and a woman did that in real life. I've never had someone do that in real life where she's wop wop I'm like stop it. Maybe your dick's not big enough. No, it's fine. Fine.
2: <laughs> you might be the straightest guy I think I've ever met. You are so straight. Very straight. Yeah. There's a lot of testosterone in this room.
3: Um,
0: okay, perfect segue. If you had to <laughs> If Here you had to if you had to make out with one male movie star who would it be
3: funny? You fucking say this. We did. I again, it was on bill and I like, Joanne's, No, last week. No, no, no. <laughs> we were on, I was on bill and Joanne's show, the morning show on, on, uh, on compound media. They're, they're the fantastic morning show. We they talked about, there was a clip that they played from Russia with love with Sean Connery. And mm-hmm. there, that that's the, the standard that some of these bond women who are going as actors, sorry, actors are going as the bond women are trying to had to do. We flat, oh, yeah. We got two it. minutes left. So yeah, they played a clip of Sean Connery and, and someone walked in, goes Sean Connery. It's like that's what of the dudes. Like I get it. Like, if you had to, like, all right, really? Con- like, th- this is back in the day, Connery. I mean, I get the Bradley Cooper's. Of the world, like, ah, right, he's a he's a good looking dude.
0: Um, if there were a movie about your penis, what would the title be? Oh my
3: god, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, how many hacky people came in and said millimeter? We'll no, um, <laughs> zing. I don't. Let me think. I've never
0: actually asked this question.
3: Really? Oh, I
0: was think. trying to think of dirty movie questions.
3: What would it be called? I'm trying to think of something funny that's applicable. I don't know. LA Confidential? I can't think of funny. <laughs> terrible.
0: Uh, Kevin Goti. how can people follow you and the podcast online? Uh, Give us all of your plugs yes. and mentions. I would
3: love for you to come check out Gutting the Sacred Cow. We are on every single podcast platform, and Adam Sank does what we do, and it's I screenshot my favorite podcast reviews that are posted, and I like I said, screenshot them, share them on social media. I read them out loud. They're hilarious. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you can find all that stuff. Subscribe, like us. Also, please, YouTube as well, where you can see us do our thing. And guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to just say hi or advertise. Kevin
0: Goatee, thank you so much. Next time, please be shirtless. <laughs> Steven JB,
2: plug yourselves. Not Ryan can be found on Cub on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, Steve Chesar
0: on Medina on Facebook.com. <laughs>
1: probably yeah, Eric <laughs> oh, yeah, Instagram. Thank you both
0: so much. Thank you, Kevin Gotee. We are back next week with Eric Marcus, host of the Making Gay History podcast. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.